We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to the Road of His Best Best Ball Series. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My co-host for the series is Zachary Kruger, who you can follow on Twitter at ZK underscore FFB. We have been running through a number of topics on these shows over the last kind of six, seven weeks. We've been looking at zero RB, elite tight end, quarterback strategy, when to pick your defenses and kickers. Basically, the Best Ball 101 was the first series, and we've gone through strategies throughout the series, and we'll continue to do so over the next couple of weeks. But we've talked about the tools on the site, we've talked about the strategies. How do we put all those together while we are drafting? And that's what we're going to do on the next couple of shows, bring you on that journey. So we will have a lot more shows coming out throughout the entire series. But on this show in particular, we're going to be looking about drafting in best ball tournaments. How do we get those best ball lineups? How do we get them for success? What's the strategy behind that? And how do we make those decisions? And look, we've got a treat for you over the next uh, two to three shows. We're going to have Sean Siegel on board. Sean and Zach drafted in the FFPC Best Ball Tournament, which is a $125 entry fee, and up top at the top prize is $100,000 up for grabs. So phenomenal tournament on by the FFPC. We talk about the FFPC a lot. A lot of the tools on the site uh, are catered to that in terms of best ball. They are catered to other sites as well. But And obviously part of the reason for that close connection is the fact that we love playing at the FFPC. So this is the first tournament up. Myself and Zach will be doing one of these uh, in the coming weeks as well. And we will we may break it down, share the same, because this, this draft you're going to hear coming up here, they are drafting out of the 104 slot. Me and Zach, we don't know our spot because the league isn't filled yet, but depending on where we're drafting, it'll be different strategies, different conversations. And then, of course, depending on who you're drafting with, where those players go, do you have to reach for a player? Are you getting a player value? So on and so forth, and how you link that into the road of his tool. So that's what we've got coming up on today's show. Now, today's show, you are going to hear Sean and Zach do a little bit of preparation, give you a little bit of an explanation into what they are trying to achieve you know starting it off what they look at before they draft what the format is i give a little brief overview of the the prize money 
but in just a moment you'll hear Sean go through just the the overall layout of the format and the intricacies so you can set yourself up if you are drafting it it's a really a really fun format follows along with a lot of the FFPC uh, scoring and everything that we we would normally talk about but the one difference is it's a slim format so there's no kickers or defenses so it's just about uh, how does that change your strategy as well so uh, this is a, a phenomenal conversation the first part that I'm going to have for you today on the show is going to be Sean and Zach discussing those strategies but also then true round one so then on the next edition of the show we will be running through the rest of the draft so it is going to be 18 rounds we'll probably go from round two through maybe 11 or 12 in the next show and then finish it off and a little recap on that last one so three shows look we have sean siegel we have the goat here to talk through the the process and it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun so uh, i'm just going to let the guys get straight into it here we're going to jump on we're going to get sean and zach on the show take it away sean yeah, so uh, this is an interesting format because you have to advance through the regular season, make that first 13 weeks, have a strong enough roster to get into the playoff portion. And then the playoff portion is really four separate weeks, starting week 14 and finishing week 17. So you need to have a top couple team advance that top team to win the $100,000. That creates some interesting gameplay because some of the things that we do for trying to win an individual week will be a little bit different than what we do for trying to win for the full season. And so as we put together a roster today, we're trying to make sure that we have the upside necessary to win in those playoff weeks and to have the high scores in those playoff weeks while our overall roster is strong enough to get there in the first place. I think some of the things people can do to try and win the $100,000 in week 17 can put them in a pretty bad position to make it through that first 13 weeks. Yeah, I, I think that really one of the things, like like you said, stood out was just the the overall format and the way that it's that it's arranged. Particularly, one thing that we had talked about was week fourteen a little bit because of how how that actually falls into the the playoff schedule. And we have a handful of teams that are going to be popping up on week fourteen buys when we are in the first week of the playoffs. I know that uh, the teams that we had looked at were, I believe, the Eagles and the Colts, and there was two or three other teams, so I can't quite remember off the top of my head. I need to pull it up. But essentially players who we may, obviously they're going to be drafted, but we may be looking to actively avoid because we don't want to lose key players with high draft capital so early on into the first week of the playoffs. It kind of doesn't really do us much good if we're going to get into the playoffs and then lose one of our first round or second round picks to that bye week. Um, you know, we don't, we don't want to lose that way. We don't want to go out like that. So I thought that that was really interesting. And another thing that we had talked about as well was kind of being mindful of week 17, um, which is obviously the final week of the tournament. And in that, we had kind of looked at different games that we thought maybe offered some higher scoring upside than others in hopes of maybe stacking or pairing teams within those games to to hopefully capitalize on the assumption that we are in fact going to be in this championship game, which if you know what we're going to do here tonight is we're going to be uh, gunning for $100,000. So I expect us to be in that championship game. Sean's going to help get us there. Um, Sean, was there any particular game in that week 17 slate that stood out to you perhaps over some of the other ones? Well, a couple of the teams that we have talked about and that you had talked about in your article, looking at that Dallas-Arizona game and looking at the Bengals with the Chiefs. Those are a couple of games that could blow up and be extremely high scoring. So if you had a team that used those guys together, then perhaps that would be the type of roster that would score big in week 17. Now, we also know that we have to get there. And you talked about week 14. The player who's really disappointing to lose, I think, at this point is that Jonathan Taylor, right? So team going to be on the week 14 by 
we have the fourth pick. Probably he would not be in the mix for that slot already since you have a couple of running backs who are above him there. At the same time, I know Colin Kelly, my co-host for Rotoviz Overtime, loves Taylor. I think overall Taylor probably deserves to be drafted a little bit higher, but now in this particular format, it becomes less of a thing of do we want to reach for him? Yeah, I mean, you know, if, if you know, obviously we we played fantasy enough to know that injuries during a, a crucial point of the season are obviously more devastating than something in the regular season if it's a short-term injury. Drafting some of these players in, in round or I'm sorry, in week 14 in that first round of playoffs, it's kind of almost like losing a player to injury in a critical part part of your schedule. So it's not something that we really want to want to have to deal with, and just something that we're going to be hopefully actively looking to avoid. Um, I did want to pull it up really quickly here because I did look at it for week 14 i thought that we had found it in there now I'm, i i think i need to scroll up a little bit higher but yeah so it was jonathan taylor um who was going to be out obviously he's colts eagles miles sanders we pointed out as a pick we don't really want to use and then the other teams are the patriots we don't really have a lot of players who necessarily have the high draft capital that we're necessarily talking about here but it's important to maybe consider when you're thinking of things in terms of stacking and trying to get perhaps a right pairing of players to, to make a run at this thing. And then the Dolphins, who, again, not a lot of high draft cap necessarily in these drafts. But again, some some decent pieces who you could be essentially looking to stack with, where if you get too ahead of yourself, you might have a large portion of your team out during these buys. So, um, yeah, so we had, we had covered a little bit of that. And then the second article, we took a look at a couple different stacks. I'm just going to pull it up real quick where this was more about finding stacks that would bend but not break and some that could possibly win it all where we just focused on essentially some of the historical stacks that we've seen work out over time. Some of them hit in tremendous ways. Patrick Mahomes in 2018 with guys like Kelsey and Tyreek Hill obviously did you a favor if you had them on your team. But there are other stacks that we can look to acquire in this draft. And uh, quite frankly, Sean, we kind of laid it all out here. Some things that were some things that we talked about behind the scenes. We put in these articles and, and talked about what what are we looking to do, perhaps, when we're trying to build stacks in this particular format? Well, one of the elements that we have to look at, and you can pull this up in the best ball win rate explorer, you can look at the stack analysis, you can look at the stack explorer, look at those slim formats and see what has worked, is that a lot of the best stacks for maybe that individual weak victory and more of a DFS style stack, they're not going to be the best stacks for a full season best ball. And so one of the things that we want to make sure that we do here is continue to get the values or continue to get our player targets. But within that, if we're not reaching for it, if we're not forcing it, if we do get a quarterback with one of our wide receivers for that week 17 game, then I like to go that route. But again, only if we can really do it without forcing it. Right, right. With, you know, it, it, it's kind of interesting talking a little bit with you um, as we prepared for this. Uh, we, we kind of threw around a couple of players who, who we said that we were interested in that maybe um, where we might have considered taking him didn't quite align with ADP. Um, and, you know, to some degree, you know, some might view that as forcing it. Obviously, that that is not the goal is to not force it, but to otherwise try to capitalize on players that fall within or close to that range to make the stacks work out in hopes of getting that upside, um, not just in, in necessarily week 17, but in any given week over the course of the season. We had actually talked about this tool a little bit. Sean, for those who maybe aren't familiar with the Stat Explorer, do you want to kind of walk them through what, what we did looking at this? Yeah, so you look here, you can see the QB wide receiver stack. So we, we have this slim format that we have information from for just last season. We know that there are going to be some differences between the classic and the slim. And one of the things that we found in terms of looking at that in the Roster Construction Explorer is that the slim probably plays a little bit 
more similarly to say a best ball 10 or is maybe in the middle, right? So we wanna take the lessons from that in the roster construction explorer and also the lessons from the tight end premium element. So one of the things that we know here is that a wide receiver heavy and tight end heavy approach works. Then we can play around in the stack explorer a little bit and look and see what in these best ball formats have worked previously. Now, obviously with the slim format, we only have last year's numbers, but you can see there that this QB one with the wide receiver one stack has been actually a little bit suboptimal for a full season perspective. That's one of the reasons why, as we're putting our team together today, we're only going to take those if they would be part of our plan. Otherwise, we're not going to reach for a QB or guarantee that we have a QB with this wide receiver unless it unless it fits. Now, again, the idea here is we want to make it into the playoffs and then in the playoff portion, that probably will be a little bit more helpful. So we look at that. One of the things also we might want to do is say the QB with the wide receiver two that is a less expensive way to play it. One of the things you mentioned that Mahomes, uh, Hill, Kelsey stack during the season when Mahomes was less expensive, if we could find a move like that where the QB was about to break out, then that's a little bit better than paying the big price for the quarterback. At the same time, these formats here are not late round QB formats. And so we know the longer that we wait at QB, the more we have to spend in terms of roster slots, right? So if we wait, we may have to use three spots at QB instead of two, that takes away from being able to grab one of those late round running backs, which if we end up with a pretty wide, re wide receiver heavy construction, then losing one of those spots because we have to take a third QB, you know, that doesn't help us either. Right, right. And, th and those, are, those are just kind of some of the things that we had talked about, um, again, off screen, but we're gonna hopefully be able to, to tackle some of these strategies today. I think Sean and I have a pretty pretty good laid, laid out plan here for this best ball tournament. We're going to get ready to head into it. Uh, again, this is a FFPC best ball tournament draft. You can find them over at the FFPC. They're $125 entry. The grand prize is $100,000. Essentially, once you get to the playoffs, weeks 14, 15, and 16, you have to land in the top two, I believe, of each of those weeks to advance through the playoffs. And then week 17 is the grand finale of it all, where you can um, take your shot at winning $100,000. Hey, RotoViz Radio listener, this is Curtis Patrick from the Dynasty Command Center podcast, and I've got a special deal for you today. Go to rotoviz.com, click the subscribe button, put the 12 month subscription in your cart, and use promo code RVRADIO2021. That's RVRADIO2021, and you're going to save 10%. Taking advantage of this deal, getting your hands on what's included in the package, is the best way to enhance your performance this year. So go to rotoviz.com and subscribe now. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. We got some fun names in this draft, and I'm going to pull it up here real quick. Um, Mike Beers, Rotoviz alumni, and uh, the the man who helped build a lot of the stuff in the best ball win rate tools and explorers. He's actually in the draft. He's actually picking right before us on the well, right right after us in the first round on the even rounds, and right before us in all the even number rounds. So Mike Beers is in the draft. We got Todd from PA who's in here. I know Todd's been hammering out a lot of these best ball drafts over the last several. Uh, weeks so um, pretty pretty sharp crowd in here. Sean, is this your first one that you've done for this for this year? The first uh, slim and the first tournament team. I have a, quite a few FFPC best ball classic uh, drafts, both in the regular and in the superflex. But this will be the first tournament. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, I'm I'm very much looking forward to this. When I saw it come up, I knew I wanted to do one, but I also didn't want to get into get in too deep over my head. So again, Sean Siegel from Rotoviz here to draft with us tonight. We're going to walk us through. A lot of different things here as we get ready to uh, get this draft underway. And then on top of that, I did take some questions on Twitter, um, just general best ball questions from a few people that Sean was more than uh, more than happy to answer with us for a little bit after the draft. So hopefully we can we can learn a few things and have some fun with this draft. And it is about to get underway. We are picking out of the 104. I don't want to show our hand too much here, even though I don't think it's going to be uh, anything that anyone else is considering doing. But when you're looking at these drafts, Sean, and you're kind of seeing the draft slots, is there anywhere in particular that you are looking to target based on what pick you're getting in the first round? Yeah, so we were a little disappointed when the numbers came out here because we really liked those top three slots. And then perhaps there were things that we could do a little bit later in the draft. So you see here the three players that we really wanted have gone. And now we're in a position where if we follow the strategy that we laid out, we're gonna do something fairly unusual. Now, the good part about that is it'll give us a unique build. And I really do think the numbers support this. The bad part is that you know we are reaching, we'll, we'll be able to get this player later. Sometimes if you're gonna play 10 to 15 of these or say 50 of them, then you want to be very careful about taking guys around where they go because then you can get the most value out of them knowing you can play the other guys from different slots, right? So when you reach, you give up a lot of that value of doing multiple entries. But Zach, I think that we really wanted to do something unique here tonight, something that really fits with both the brand and with our research. 
And so we're going to go ahead and take Waller at the 104. Yeah, yeah. Darren Waller has been one of my favorite picks. Again, this is my first tournament team on FFPC, too. I have drafted a, a, a decent amount of FFPC best ball teams that are not tournament. I've also done a few slims. I think tight end and sometimes even tight end to tight end are one of my favorite start, starts, depending on where I am coming out of. Uh, generally, I would be taking Travis Kelsey with the first tight end, which obviously we've discussed is a little bit abnormal going with Waller here. But I do like the way, let me go ahead and pull up the big board here so we can ready up our queue a little bit. But I do like the way that drafting Waller kind of gives us a shot. Uh, like you said, at that unique build, I don't think that him and Kelsey are too far off from one another in terms of the targets and the points that they're providing you in a weekly, um, you know, in a weekly output. And I, I think that if there was someone who was to be the dark horse RB1 candidate, maybe this isn't reaching far enough into the terms of dark horse, but I think it would be Darren Waller um, and, and Travis Kelsey even went at, at pick two. So I, I like Waller here. I have a lot of belief in his upside. I have a lot of, a lot of belief in his connection with Derek Carr. I think that they'll be in for um, a high volume season where Darren Waller will be able to give us a lot of points in this tight end premium format, which again, for those who are listening, is one and a half PPR instead of just the full point per reception that we're used to seeing across the board in PPR formats. Sean, what are you thinking right now as this board kind of keeps unfolding? I know right now it's kind of early, so these are going to be your pretty stereotypical picks when it comes to the way that the draft is unfolding right now. But as we look to consider what we're um, going to be doing with the 209 coming up here, how are you usually approaching a, a slot like this, given what we tend to see come off the board in the first round and in the late and in the early second? Well, one of the things I discussed in my article this week is that we do continue to see these running backs go off the board very, very early, even though that's not really supported by the research necessarily. Now, if you start running back, running back, and then you wait a really long time for your third running back, that will work. But we really want a one running back start. Now, because we started with Darren Waller, a running back would still be viable for us in round two. It'll come down to whether or not we like the options who are there. I think this first round has developed exactly as we would expect. It is interesting here to see Ezekiel Elliott jump up ahead of Barkley and Henry, but his opportunity, his situation, very, very good. He's obviously getting plenty of those puff pieces talking about how he's in the best health ever. Often those puff pieces foreshadow the absolute implosion of a player, but I can understand why Elliott would go in this range. Barkley and, and Henry maybe have some red flags that he doesn't if you like him to bounce back. Yeah, yeah. Zeke is one of those players, too. Obviously, like you said, he's got those puff pieces. He's also kind of going everywhere in these drafts. Sometimes you see him go right around these spots, you know, with the sixth overall pick. But I think after you get out of the 103, you chaos can tend to ensue and ADPs don't necessarily hold to what you've seen in the first round if you're just looking at recent ADPs. Um, you know, in this case, Travis Kelsey went second. He can usually go around third. And then I think we even kind of made things a little bit goofy with Waller fourth overall. You probably don't see that too often. Uh, but, you know, if, if you're willing to take Travis Kelsey in the first round, and in particular, if you lose out on a guy like Travis Kelsey, going with Darren Waller, if you believe in him, is not a bad pick. We went ahead and made that here. And then you just kind of see where the running backs fall. Definitely Barkley and Henry going after Zeke, I think, is bold. But I don't necessarily think it's a bad move. If if Zeke is capable of returning to his past, his past self, which obviously remains to be seen, then I think getting him at sixth overall is is more than fine, but it's it's going to be a question of whether or not that actually happens. Um, you know, at once we watch the season play out. And we're going to leave it there for today's edition of the Rotoviz Best Best Ball Series. We are going to 
put a little uh, pen in it there. We're going to take it off from there on the next episode when it does drop, which you'll find on the Road of Is Radio podcast feed, the main feed. I also have set up a uh, special page on roadofis.com, which I'll be tweeting out. Zach will be tweeting out as well, where we're basically having a podcast directory and it's going to have all the episodes. So they are all stacked in there. If you've enjoyed this one, if it is your first one, head back, check out the other shows as well. I believe we have nine done prior to this one. This is episode 10, if my memory serves me correct. So do check that out. As always, as a loyal podcast listener as well, you can save yourself 10% of a Rotoviz NFL pass. All you have to do is head on over to rotoviz.com, add that code RVRADIO2021 at checkout, save yourself 10%, get access to all of the content and tools on the Rotoviz website and help support the podcast as well. You can go to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for additional information. As I mentioned at the start of the show, my name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My co-host on this series is Zachary Kruger at ZK underscore FFB. Sean Siegel was also a guest on today's show. Sean has a Twitter feed, but doesn't use Twitter. So uh, we'll, we'll save uh, we'll save that for when he returns to, to Twitter down the line at some point. Uh, I, I'm not quite sure that will happen, but uh, check out his great work up on rotoviz.com. So until we're back with the next episode, these shows are dropping Saturday and Monday because we're going to have some of these live drafts. We may drop some of those in as bonuses along the week. So do check out uh, those Twitter feeds that I mentioned a moment ago and the Rotoviz radio main feed to get the access to those as soon as possible thanks again for tuning in until we're back with another one have a good one Mm -hmm.